Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Today on an all-new Dr. Phil. I'm going to do everything humanly possible to find my kids. Over 15 years ago, John Clark's wife abducted his three children. Now, the FBI finally located them. The search continues. We sent John to London. I'm going to show you where Eileen was living. And had hopes of making contact with his kids. The long-awaited reunion. I've been waiting 15 and a half years to finally have a glimpse of my kids. <sighs> is finally here. What was in your mind and heart when you saw them? It was a miracle. Even though the bond was separated for so long, it's still there. Chandler and Hayden are here today. This is going to be a changing day in your life. Have a good show, everybody. Here we go. If it matters to you. That's what I want to talk about. Are you ready in the booth? Let's do it. Go, Dr. Phil. Well, today we're talking about a story that we have been following on this show for over five years. I'm talking about John Clark's search for his three children who were abducted by their mother 15 and a half years ago. They just disappeared. Now, our message boards were flooded when our recent show with John aired because after years of mystery, his children were finally discovered. The problem was they were living thousands of miles away and John was told the children wanted no contact with him. Here's what's happened so far. Eileen kidnapped my three kids 11 years ago. Honey, Eileen. Hey, daddy. We had three kids together, Chandler, Hayden, and Rebecca. The last time I saw my kid was on February 10th, 1995. I came home that evening she was gone. It's like she dropped off the planet, totally disappeared. When the kids left, they were seven, five, and two. I don't want to leave this earth without having the opportunity to see them again. Goodbye. <laughs> now, he believes that her parents know exactly where she is and how to get in touch with her. Investigator? Yes, sir. We've been trying to find Eileen. When was the last time you had contact with her? Where did she call from? He lied. She's going to get on the phone now and call her. He told Guy and I that he's in contact with her, that he does hear from her on a regular basis. What keeps you going looking for these kids, John? I just have a goal. I just set in motion that I'm going to do everything humanly possible to find my kids. Finally, after private investigators, district attorneys, U.S. attorneys, and the FBI, 
the call came. Since the last time I was on this show, I received a phone call from the assistant district attorney, and he told me that my kids had been located and my ex-wife in the UK. I just kind of broke down and started crying. It was the greatest news I'd had in the last, last 14 years. An Oxfordshire woman fled to Britain with her children 10 years ago to escape a failed marriage. She's now facing extradition charges to the United States and charges of child kidnapping. The family settled here 12 years ago, but recently she answered a knock at the door and found police officers with a warrant for her extradition to America. My mom is not a dangerous criminal. She shouldn't be extradited. It's absolutely stupid. When I saw that video, it was really, to me, it was incredible. It was just great to see all three of them. She has alluded to abuse, and so we ask you to take a lie detector test. Did you ever deliberately, physically injure Eileen? No. We have the results here. But you did tell the truth. Eileen's been arrested, and now she's out on bail. She would be facing international parental kidnapping charges, right? That's right. So they would have an extradition hearing, which is coming up within the next 30 days. Will you go there if they're willing to see you? Absolutely. Well, it's such mixed emotions because John found the kids. I mean, they're living in another country, but he knew where they were. But the message was very clear from the newspapers over there, from the videos that he saw. These children wanted nothing to do with him. So immediately following the taping of that show, we sent John, Jeanette, and private investigator Harold Copas to London. But right before John was leaving the country to try and see his children, he received an email from his middle child, 21-year-old Hayden, asking John to call him. Hello? Hi, is this Hayden? Uh, yeah. Hayden, this is your dad. Oh, hey. I, I just want to make sure that I'm talking to Hayden Clark, so do you don't mind if I ask you questions, do you? Do you? No, of course not. <clears throat> where, where, where were you born? Uh, near Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Are you, Hayden, are you, did you, do you ever remember living in New Mexico? Yeah, of course, it's Okay. Do you remember the last dog you had? You mean Amos? Oh, yeah. You, you pass. <laughs> <laughs> this is a strange call, isn't it? It's been a long time. It has. It has indeed. This is a weird situation for me. And I, I just, I'm so glad that you contacted me. I, you are? I'm very glad. I've been, I've been looking, uh, I've been looking for you for a long time. Yeah. Do you know what happened, Hayden? Or do you understand what happened? Or do you understand this whole situation at all? Despite what's said or what allegations are made, you know, you're my dad, I've always, I've always been really fond of you, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I know you, you've read probably the things that were said in those newspaper articles that makes it look like that, that I don't want to see or something, but that, that isn't the case. I hope you know that. Well, thank you. How is your brother? doing great. He's going to be heading off to college um, this time next year. Well, do you want to meet? Yeah, I'd love to. If you want to, I mean... Absolutely. I haven't gone through this for 15 years, so I wouldn't have any contact. I mean, I, 
I love Chandler and, and Rebecca and you. I hope you realize why I haven't contacted you. Well, I mean, that that's something we can always discuss. I mean, um, I, I just want you to know, you know, to know my side of the story. I understand you're, you're the uh, the hearing for your mother is uh, is next week. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Do you understand the charges against her? Yes, yes, I do. I love Chandler and and Rebecca and you and um, yeah. you know, it's it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is this is this this is weird. Yeah, I know it is. <laughs> this is really weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I tell you, it's the happiest day I've had in a long time. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty happy, too. I'm glad you, I'm glad you called me. Okay, and uh, I love you, and uh, take care. Yeah, I love, I love you, too, Dad. Okay. Bye, Hayden. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Well, you have to feel the awkwardness in that call. I mean, John was so guarded in the beginning and, and, and kind of almost on autopilot. And there's three things that really stuck out to me about that. One is his guardedness. And secondly, did you hear Hayden when he said, when John said, I'm really glad that you reached out. And Hayden said, really, you are? Like he was surprised about that. And then Hayden said, listen, no matter what the allegations have been or what's said, I've always been fond of you, which tells me that he has been getting information uh, about, the, about negative uh, accusations about his father. Now, with the very real possibility that John was going to actually get to see at least one of his children, he just couldn't get to London fast enough. Now, our private investigator, Harold Copus, was already in London. We put him on the ground there in advance looking for the children and John's ex-wife. And understand, she's been on the FBI's most wanted list for parental abduction. Now, he briefed them as soon as John and Jeanette got there. Well, John, it's good seeing you and Jeanette here in London. Today's been a busy day for us. We went out to the address that Eileen gave where she was arrested and said that was her home. This is an abandoned piece of property. It has a sold sign on it. She's not living here. Eileen hasn't lived there in over a year. The house that she was living in hasn't been updated for quite a while, and there was quite a lot of conflict between Eileen and her partner and the owners of the house. Does that mean that she was married? I have no idea what the exact status of her relationship was. He said his name was Ron. And the kids, they never really said anything at all. They were very quiet. She and her husband, Ron, lived there from 07 to 09. They moved out. They were having trouble. They were getting a divorce. Ron, now he's working selling furniture. There's still a lot to go, yeah. so we have more work to do tomorrow before court on Monday. John, we're now on our way to Oxford, and I'm going to show you where Eileen was living. Wow. God, look how old this house is. It's just incredibly old. This is the closest John's been to them. Even though it's an empty house, there were memories made here. You know, I could actually 
get to see where they lived and now we'll just keep looking to see where they're living now. I'm looking for Ron, the former husband of Eileen. Ron is the key now because he'll know where Eileen's staying. If we can find an address, we'll find her and the kids. Ron, my name's Harold Copers. I just met Ron. He will not meet with you at all. Right. We tried. We asked him if he would even be willing to just tell you how the children were doing, and he wouldn't do that. But I will brief you on what he told me. Okay. He and Eileen got married shortly after she left you, and he's basically raised those children. Hmm. They are divorced. Money has been very difficult. This was a very difficult path that Eileen chose, but she chose it because it was best for her, and she was fearful, whatever that means, okay? Yeah, so, the same excuse over and over and over again. What he did say, Jeanette, this may make you feel uncomfortable, is that Eileen always said that she was always in love with you. Why she left, while he had married Eileen and was in love with Eileen, and we're right. told madly in love with Eileen, uh -huh. he would hear this and he felt very uncomfortable. And at one point I said, well, if you won't tell John about the children, can you tell me something? And he looks me in the eye and he pauses there for, you know, two or three heartbeats or more. And then he says, I just will tell you, you can tell him those children are good kids. Okay, good young adults. Up next, John and Jeanette go to the extradition hearing for his ex-wife. The question is, will John make contact with his children, or is this yet another disappointment after 15 and a half years? You're gonna find out when we come back. Eileen does have her hearing today. I've been waiting 15 and a half long years to hopefully have a glimpse at my kids and be able to at least look at them face to face. So we'll maybe have an opportunity to talk to Hayden. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. Well, John Clark's ex-wife abducted his three children, Chandler, Hayden, and Rebecca, over 15 years ago. Now, they were just seven, five, and two when they were taken. Now, the FBI finally located them in the United Kingdom, and John's ex-wife is facing international kidnapping charges. Now, we sent John to London for her extradition hearing and had hopes of making contact with his kids. Will he finally get to see them? John. 
Good morning, Harold. How are you? Good How are you doing? I'm really nervous. I'm really really nervous. nervous. Well, I've been inside. Eileen does have her hearing today in courtroom three. They're going to be here about 10.30. Okay. It's been such a long time. How are you? I'm doing great. Anyways, I've got to go in with these guys, but I'll speak to you later on, okay? It's okay. great to see you. Bye. Bye. He just said, hello, Dad. Good to see you. Oh, what are you thinking? What is that was wild. It was wild. Can you see her? She's camping. I've been waiting 15 and a half long years to uh, finally have a, hopefully have a glimpse of my kids. I thought it was pretty tight quarters and that I should probably stay outside, so we've been hanging out on the street here and we're just waiting for them to leave the courthouse. Uh, it should be down in, uh, within five minutes. So we'll maybe have an opportunity to talk to Hayden or Eileen, so we'll see what happens. John, I was in that courtroom this afternoon and Eileen, through her attorneys, have said there are allegations of abuse, mm -hmm. which they now have experts that will say, yes, there was abuse. Right. And I know you've given a polygraph, so I want right. to hear what you, you know, what you have to say. If I ever abused her, it would have shown up in the polygraph test. You know, she, I, if I had a record, I don't. I've never been arrested. I've never spent a night in jail. I hope they'll just you know, look at the evidence that uh, I put forward on Dr. Phil by taking the lie detector test, and they're gonna have to go either way, either believe me or not. Coming up? Yeah. Hello. Hayden. See you tomorrow, okay? Okay. So good to where, see you. Where, what hotel? I mean, the restaurant? See, see you at Lambeth, okay? We'll Lambeth. So I'll call you in the morning, okay? Okay. What were you fearful of, Eileen? It was incredible. Of course, I was nervous, but it was really great to, to see Hayden. As you can see, Eileen just kind of walked past me, didn't really want to recognize me even being there. But my son walked up to me and gave me a hug and, and said, let's have lunch tomorrow. And he goes, I'll call you tomorrow. And that just means everything. Hopefully, Chandler will also want to see me. And we'll just start building that foundation and that trust and relationship, and uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm sure it'll go well. Now, I understand it's going to be a little bit more difficult with Rebecca because when she was taken by her mother, she was young, and she really doesn't remember me or, or you know, being with me as a father. 15 years, I've waited a long time. This, is, this has been terrific. Thank you, Dr. Phil. I really appreciate it. Great day. Well, I was so impressed with John's control when Eileen went by. I mean, somebody took my children 15 and a half years ago. I'm not sure how I would handle that situation. Both Chandler and Hayden agreed to have lunch with John and Jeanette. Here's what happened. After the court, everybody left, you know, after they you know, came down and bolted into the cab and kind of took off. Then I got a text from Hayden saying that he'd see me for lunch the next day. I just started crying because I, I knew it was, it was gonna happen. I was gonna see him and I was gonna be able to talk to him. The next morning, I got a text from Hayden and he says, we're just a block away. And then they came walking in the door at the hotel and 
you know, I just kind of walked over and and just gave them both big hugs. They were precious. I just wanted to, I wanted to hug them and never let them go. I used to love You were like using an electric blender on when the boys saw the video, they kept saying, I remember that, I remember that. That's me later, it's fire. I remember that, though. I remember that, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And we were witnessing the past meets present. It was just, it was very, just very unique. You can only imagine what's going through their mind. He loved clothes, but you always wanted to wear costumes. At lunch, I got close to tears when Chandler said to me, he goes, I could have stopped this. I go, you, you were only seven. You, you couldn't have stopped this. And he, would, he just said, I knew what was going on. I could have done something about this. And I was like, hey, don't worry about it. It's okay. Maybe they, they figured they could have called. You know, Maybe they figured that they could have let me know where they were maybe at one time. We'll just have to move forward with this because looking back in the past is not gonna change what's gonna be in the future. This is a good day on the Dr. Phil Show. Yeah, I mean, I'm so mm -hmm. pleased that you got to see those boys. What was in your mind and heart when you saw them? You build up all these things and these images in your mind over the 15 years of what you want it to be. And it was everything and more. It just blew me away, the bond that I have just incredible. There's a dark cloud inside every silver lining, and Rebecca wasn't there. That's correct. What's the story with her at this well, point? Well, I, I think, you know, the information that I get from Chandler and Hayden is that, you know, I have, I have a bond with them. But Rebecca was so young at the time that she was taken. No that memory. She, that she doesn't really have a memory of me, and I think she's a little apprehensive. Um, you know, her mom has is, is raised her all this time, so all the the information you know that she's gathered about me is all basically from her mom now the boys have been able to throughout the 15 and a half years reach back in their memory banks to to remember what they had with their dad i mean i i was just totally totally surprised that that hayden could remember as much as he did about me yeah. at five private investigator harold copas is joining us by phone right now to update us on the status of John's ex-wife, Eileen. Harold, uh, thanks for joining us today. What, what can you tell us about where this extradition proceeding is? Well, one more time, it's continued to be delayed. Uh, they had a, a court session that we attended in London. They put that off until um, uh, one more session until mid-December. Uh, uh, At that one, the Eileen's attorneys presented some evidence, which is sealed. Uh, we probably assume it's some documentation that she claims of abuse and the judge has set another hearing now for january 18th well harold we sure appreciate all the work that you have done and will continue to do on this so we'll we'll be looking for additional reports as this thing marches along but i appreciate you joining us today thank you very much so the question is will john see his boys again find out next when his sons give their father the surprise of his life Well, after 15 years of his life spent looking for his missing children, John got to meet the two of them in London, but he had to leave them, and he wasn't sure when he'd see them again. And then the boys gave him the surprise of his life. They came home for Christmas. Happy, happy, happy. 
so cool. We're looking for the guy with the cool hair. <laughs> cold and I'm nervous. A long time. Did you hear everything? No. Nope. Never thought I'd see this guy. I didn't even see him, I'm already starting to cry. Did it already say it landed? Come here, you. How are you? After I saw my dad for the first time, it felt like, you know, we were just taking up from where we'd left off 16 years ago. How are you? Good. How are you? You're tired? Yeah. How are you? All of a sudden we saw them and there was just this rush of uh, emotion. You guys tired? Lights and uh, pretty much. Hey, you ready to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. You're white, huh? Oh, yeah. Didn't sleep much. She was the best. You'll sleep well. This house sits as high as the highest mountaintop in England. Yeah, probably. Much. Yeah. <laughs> From the moment we set foot within those doors, we felt very, very welcomed, uh, very much at home. Everything clicked into place beautifully. When we first met and they were at the house, it was awkward at the beginning, but I think it's worked out. I look just like him in that photo. So, Here, you're yeah. John. Yeah, and the reason my eyes look more like his now is I'm squinting consistently. <laughs> Hayden, what part of your dad are you? The signature American jawline. Oh, <laughs> and we wouldn't yeah. have it any other way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. My father and Jeanette threw a Christmas Eve party. And uh, may I ask you about uh, your mom and, and your sister? Are, are they doing okay? Yeah, they're okay. Yeah. okay. It was amazing. There were all, all, all kinds of different people there, and everybody was greeting us with, oh, welcome home, oh, we've, we've been praying for you for all these years. There were so many people in the house. It was packed, but luckily it was an awesome day. It's been terrific. This is like the, the foundation that we're building, and we'll just kind of walk real slow. And, you know, we'll get to know each other day by day. In the legal sense, I was a victim of a parental abduction. It was an incredibly difficult thing to face. All of us have kind of agreed, you know, to look forward and not to obsess over, you know, if I'd done this or if I'd done that. Even though the bond was separated for so long, um, it's still there. Now it's harder because they're going back. But I know they need to go home. I just have to wonder how many nights over the years you went to bed thinking that this would never, ever happen. It's been incredible. A miracle. Well, Chandler and Hayden are here today. Boys, come on out and join us. <laughs> Guys, let me just ask you, tell me 
what's in your mind and heart now that you're here and you've spent this time with, with your dad and his, and his wife, Jeanette? Well, I think it's, it's just absolutely incredible. It's a new beginning. I mean, it was always in the back of my mind that this would one day happen, but just when it happened and, and when it's been happening gradually, it's just, it's overwhelming, you know? I keep trying to pinch myself thinking I'm gonna wake up. It's yeah. completely and utterly surreal. How about for yeah. you, Jenna? It's been an amazing few weeks. Um, you know, like you said, initially we had this, you know, sense of, oh my God, oh my God, you know, after 15 years. Yeah. And then slowly things just began to build and we, you know, the memories come back. Yeah. How much did you think about this guy over the years? I think it, it all works in different stages, I think, when, when it happens. This is like probably between 95 and say 1998. You think about it a lot, but I think particularly when you're, especially as young as I was, it's all very difficult to process. And I think what started happening, I mean, if I take that question, I carry it to say, say 2004, 2005, when I'm a teenager growing up or when I was in high school. I think, and I think I speak for all of my siblings on this, that we just, Kind of blacked it out. Yeah, well, wanted to. It's like if you're, you know, when you're in a situation like this for the first, I don't know, bit as a child, it's shocking. And then, you know, you grow up, you live in a different country, you have grades and girlfriends, and, you know, life just kind of moves on. And, you know, other people sometimes kind of get left behind. And you, you put it in the back of your head. Think back to when you first left. What were you told? Because, I mean, it's every day you see your dad, and then one day you get up and he's not there ever again, what were you told? Same thing that well, was in the note. Yeah, exactly. We were told, um, you know, there's, we're getting a divorce, that's all I really remember, and we're, we're, going, we're going away for a little bit. This is the note you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Dear John, we have taken a vacation, not sure where, when I'm sure I'll let you know, and that's what you got. That's right. Uh, at, at the time. I've raised two boys with my wife, Robin, and they're a little older than y'all, but they're still young. And so I, I've, I've tried to think about how they would have reacted and how I might have reacted in this. Was there ever a time like when you were teens that you'd get mad at your mother and think, I'm gonna find my dad and call him and say, I won't move back to America, Jack. I'm coming, I'm coming back home. I, I think there's, there's, there's always been moments where that's in the back of your mind, but if I'd made contact, say, 10 years ago, that would have, I would have theoretically put my own mother in a prison cell. And I don't think, that's just an incredibly difficult thing to do. I think most people would understand that. And I think that, that's the dilemma that we were constantly presented with. Do you think she should be in jail? I really... I mean, obviously, you'd like to see a peaceful resolution, yeah. I and mean, we still love her, obviously. Um, so you don't want to see the people you love hurt. But as, you, you know, as time goes on, we've also realized how much it's hurt him as well, and us. So, you know, obviously you don't want to see the people you love suffer, but it's a really complicated situation. She knows you're here. Mm. Yes. And she's okay with you being here? Oh, yes. Yes. She's characterized your dad as a bad guy. We know that from court filings, and so y'all aren't mm -hmm. saying anything yep. about her in, in that regard. Was there a time when you believed that? It's hard to say. I mean, when you grow up with one parent, obviously you get your kind of moral authority from that one parent. But from my own personal feelings toward him, from my memories, I never had a bad feeling towards him. No. Yeah. Did, did you ever believe what you were 
being told? Did you have doubts? Because you had to have memories that yep. were really positive. Well, I think that was the thing is, is some of the stuff that, that's been said, some of the allegations that you know, we've heard before don't really um, correspond at all to my memories of what it was like growing up or my memories of my father. How did y'all know that your mother was on the FBI's most wanted list? concerning all abduction. Um, how did you know that? How do we know that? Well, uh, it would really depend on exactly what time period you're talking about. I was constantly aware of it because I was, even from a young age, aware of that there were major legal ramifications for the situation I was in. Um, and by the time I think I was 13, you had constant access to internet and there's always the files. I think they've, they've like that. That's always been up there. So you would look at that? Yes. And you would know, that, that's me. Yeah. And a few times, uh, friends would, too. <laughs> they, would, they would come and say, oh, by the way, I saw you on the internet. Yeah, yeah. You, you're, you're abducted? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what would you say? Usually, just try to explain it in the most civil way possible, you know, kind of under-exaggerate, so nobody makes a big fuss about it. And, and none of their parents ever said anything, or...? or... No, obviously not, no. Well, the nurse did. I mean, the nurse heard, overheard a comment. Yeah. I was very, very shocked to, to, to hear that, actually, because I, I didn't know. I mean, I've read. Um, when Eileen, was, my mother, was arrested, I went down and got the files. It didn't exactly explain in very much detail how we were found. I, I only found that out um, two weeks ago. <laughs> and what did you find out? What, what's the story version of it that you got? Uh, the version of it that, that I got is I, I was in the John Radcliffe Hospital in Oxford for a, a heart operation and apparently I made an offhanded comment to um, a patient who's next to me and apparently what I said to him was, um, don't worry, it could be worse. You could be wanted by the FBI. <laughs> You know? <laughs> she probably yeah. thought you were a serial killer or something. <laughs> yeah. You know? And the nurse heard that. Yes, that's... that's, that's and so she called the authorities the, and the said, police by the way, there. I got a kid in here that said, you know, it could be worse. You could be wanted yeah, by the FBI like yeah, I am. I mean, she probably put... Because she had on my name. She probably just Googled the name and came up with those big flashing lights. I mean... <laughs> Isn't very hard. And so that's how y'all were yes, dis yes. discovered. That's what we've been told, but we we don't we know about as much yeah, of thing, it as you do. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, I obviously and some people, I I actually don't remember saying that because of well, I was right to go in, you know, Sorry, under yeah. in an operation. I was, I was a little bit dizzy. <laughs> Say the least. I expect, I expect so. Are you glad it happened now? Oh yes, yes. So glad, you know. All right, we're going to talk about Rebecca and what they know and think about what has to happen for her to come into this experience as well. Where's Squeaky? There he is! Take a picture. I was just a kid when they told me there was one way, one way only to escape the roads that lead from out here into the dark. Then they throw you in the backseat of the car Heading to no man's land Oh, you're heading out Yeah, you're heading out The story's old It just repeats them all But my friend, I wonder where we'll go When all of the lamps expire
John's son Chandler wrote that song and recorded it with his stepmom, Jeanette. You guys did a good job. Thanks. Uh, seriously. <laughs> this two and a half weeks, you've really gotten to know each other, yeah. Drew. It's just, it's amazing just how well everything glued together. And it's, it's, been, it's been so great, you know, to meet, to, to, to meet, finally meet Jeanette and, you know, meet her kids and her mother and everything like that. It's been incredible. Yeah, your dad did pretty well for himself, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, Jeanette's daughter, Natalie, and her son, Brennan, and his wife, Courtney, are here today. Now, Natalie and Brennan's father passed away, and John has essentially raised them for the past 13 years. Welcome, glad you guys are here. Hello. So y'all met these folks, so you now have extended family. Mm -hmm. What's been y'all's reaction to these guys? It's been crazy. I mean, it's been surreal. Like, um, knowing that your stepdad has had these, uh, these children uh, all these years that I've never even seen or anything, and finally them coming back and then being awesome. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's kind of been like a dream, like, like Hayden was saying. Well, I mentioned Rebecca. Uh, is John ever going to get to see his daughter? And what does the future hold uh, for John and all of his children? My thoughts on all of that when we come back. Well, I'm back with John Clark, his wife, Jeanette, and their sons, uh, Chandler and Hayden, 15 and a half years They've been separated. There is a third child here, Rebecca. Tell me what Rebecca has had to say about this. She doesn't have the memories that you guys do of her dad. It, it, do you think that um, with you spending time with him and going back and sharing your experience with her that, that she will come to a point where she's comfortable to see her dad? Yes, yes, I, I, I really do. I mean, I think, as, as we've said before, the, the fact that she doesn't have any memories of him is, is a huge thing because essentially, He's, he's a total stranger, and I think that must be r really overwhelming to think of spending time with a complete stranger who happens to be your father. So, yeah, it will be, uh, it's difficult to speculate, but possibly a, a different type of relationship. But I have, you know, full hopes. I'm, I'm certain it will work out. But you have the memories. Oh, I have, you know, I have never forgotten it. It's, we've seen the pictures of you holding her and cuddling her and... Right. Um, it's, it's, it's a difficult situation. I mean, it's like a puzzle that I've been trying to, to piece back together. I have, you know, I have two pieces. I just need to put the, the other piece back in place, and it's going to take some time. Relationships are more than biological ties and genetics. And when you essentially have two adults that consciously are meeting for the first time, that relationship has to be built. Mm -hmm. And you understand right now that you are a stranger that is a threat to her mother. So it's hard for her to kind of sort all of that out. But if you have an opportunity to sit down and begin to build that relationship, I'm confident that you can do that. But it, it will be built. It won't be an automatic sort of thing. Well, this is one of those days that I really enjoy doing what I do. Uh, but it is bittersweet. Uh, because today the boys do go back to London, right? So you guys head out. John, that's got to be hard. How do you feel about that? Oh, I, I, when I start thinking about it, I just start tearing up. I, I don't want him to go. I love him. Uh, Fifteen years have gone by. I've spent two weeks with him. Uh, I, want him I want him to stay, but I do understand they need to go home. But they have lives there and schools and, and things of that Girlfriends. Nature. 
Yeah, girlfriends. Yeah. And, uh, but the channel is open, and there are many chapters to be written in this as, as we go forward. Uh, I, I want to thank this family for coming here to share today, all of y'all, the extended family, and to thank you guys so much. I also want to remind everyone that it is National Wear Red Day today, February 4th. Uh, Robin, I see you're in uh, red today. Oh, yes. Uh, bright yes. red. Yes. Uh, the American Heart Association asks you to show your support for the fight against heart disease in women by wearing red. To learn more about National Wear Red Day, and if you want more information on today's show, you can go to drphil.com or you can reach me on Facebook or Twitter. Thanks so much for being here and congratulations to you guys. I'm so glad to be able to, to see what's happening with you. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you.